Okay, among the things to be thankful for today is that I'm not going to beat you with sin today. <laughs> I feel like I've been doing that for weeks, and when we get back to Romans, we'll do that again. But we're going to take a break and talk about Thanksgiving. <clears throat> yeah, so hopefully that's ah, a nice thing. <laughs> okay, so Thursday is Thanksgiving. Every day is Thanksgiving, if we do it rightly, right? But Thursday is our nation's especially designated day set aside for giving thanks. And, and a lot of ta- families, maybe yours does this, has that tradition of going around the table and naming specific things you're thankful for. And that's a really good tra- uh, tradition. It's healthy. It's positive. Uh, but I think it might feed a misunderstanding that Thanksgiving is only about the things we are thankful for. And if we have not had good things lately, we do not need or do not have business giving Thanksgiving. And if you look at the history of Thanksgiving, that's clearly not the case. Uh, It's the history of the day as a holiday, the history of America in Thanksgiving. But it's also with the whole concept of Thanksgiving. Uh, The passage we look at today, which is 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. If by chance you say, that sounds familiar to me, I I did a little checking back on my records. This is the fourth time since 2000 I've used that passage for Thanksgiving Day message. (laughs) I like that passage. Uh, He says, says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks. And when I look at that, that is an impossible thing, a difficult thing, and an impossible thing, (laughs) right? Uh, When we we look at those three things, it's, it's the difficult surrounded by the impossible. Rejoice always impossible. Uh, Pray without ceasing, very hard. And everything give thanks, impossible. Fortunately for us, the God of the impossible makes it possible. He makes everything possible for his people. And for our part, I think I'm going to focus on the prayer that makes the rejoicing and the gratitude work. So so I want to start... uh, uh, I, I don't know what God thinks of me doing this. I thought about this. You know, Wyatt, I don't want to call you out, but when you, when you prayed at, at the uh, offering, you said, bless Steve's word, and I cringe. Every time I hear something like, bless Steve's words, it's like, ugh, nobody wants to come hear Steve's words. <laughs> and Steve's words have no power. Steve is a messenger, hopefully presenting God's message. And I think if, if, if I'm presenting God's message, I'm not sure he likes it when I say, okay, I'm going to shift the verses around. <laughs> you know, what are they, three-card Monty? Is that what? <laughs> uh, but I'm going to start with verse 17, the middle of the three, pray without ceasing. Uh, because I want to make sense of that praise, that phrase first of all. Because if I simply say, pray without ceasing, that joins the ranks of the impossible. Unless we, I think we understand it correctly. I don't think it means literally pray 24-7. And if you're not praying, even while you're doing other things, you have failed. Right? I don't think that's at all what it means. You may be a better task, multitasker than I am. I know some of you are better at it than me. Uh, you, you can be the better multitasker, but I cannot pray and do some things at the same time. You know, maybe some small repetitive things, like, like if, you're, if you're, you know, digging a hole, doing, you know, maybe you're digging post holes. You can pray while digging post holes. It doesn't ex- occupy that much of your brain to dig post holes. At least I don't think so. I, I am able to actually think about other things while digging post holes. Not that I dig many post holes anymore, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Uh, those things, I can think of other things, but, but if you're doing something where your brain is mostly engaged, for instance, if you are speaking to an audience, it's really hard for me to be praying and talking to you at the same time. Uh, I'm not praying without ceasing. I prayed beforehand, 
especially on this message. I go, Lord, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Please let this message come out well, but I'm not praying right now. And if I stop to pray, I'm going to stop talking to you. <laughs> or I'm going to, you're going to hear my prayer because my brain can't do that. Uh, I, I cannot do those things. They blot out other things. Some things take enough, they blot it out. Maybe I'm working too hard on a trivial point. You say, Steve, this is not an issue I've ever struggled with. But, but we want to understand this phrase in the same common sense way we understand other things. Uh, Jesus' words in John 18, 20, he says, I always taught in the synagogues and in the temple area. What was Jesus always teaching in the synagogues and the temple area? No, sometimes he was out on the Sea of Galilee with the fishermen. You know, sometimes he was busy walking on water, turning water into wine, or, you know, doing those things that he did. He wasn't always teaching the synagogue, but we understand the phrase in a common sense way, meaning, I did this a lot, guys. You could have picked me up anytime you wanted. You knew where to find me. You knew I'd be there. And, and so we, use, we just use our common sense. I don't think any of you have ever said, see, the Bible's wrong. Uh, because he wasn't always doing that, uh, we, we understand the phrase in a common sense way. Same way when he says, pray without ceasing. Uh, I, I think it means best common sense understanding, pray a lot, right? That's, keep on praying. Don't, don't give up on prayer. The passage is not meant to burden you with a difficult task, uh, but to encourage you to be regular in your prayer. Now, now with that said, you know, that's kind of saying what it doesn't mean. What does praying without ceasing look like? My theory is you have regular times of prayer and you have occasional moments of prayer, right? Uh, if you pray in the morning, if you don't pray in the morning, I want to encourage you to start praying. And when I say pray in the morning, I mean have a set time of prayer, a, a time that is dedicated and set apart where you pray without, where, where in a setting where you're not to be interrupted, right? So, something like that. Have something like that. I think, every, I think it does us good to do that. Your Lord, in the morning, will I direct my prayer unto you. I, I could sing it better than I can quote it, <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to sing it. Uh, times of regular prayer are, are things, you know, maybe, for instance, in group settings, we're going to have our evening of prayer tomorrow night. The ladies meet on Thursdays, except for this week because it's Thanksgiving, right? And they have these regular set times of prayer, times dedicated to prayer, to be praying without interruption. That's, I think that's part of praying at all times. But I think another part of it is praying as you go along the way. This morning, I was minding my own business, and I thought of my brother Bill. My brother Bill has a lot of migraines, and I just sent up a prayer. Lord, help Bill with his migraines today. You know, and as it wasn't part of my organized regular prayer. It was just, you know, I was going doing something and it popped into my mind. And so I prayed about it. That's, that's part of being always praying. Now, I'm not always praying, but I, but, but, you know, and I don't want to use myself as an example anyway. Uh, but have a time for focused prayer. By the way, for me, and I've shared this before, drive time is a great time for prayer. For me, it's just ideal. I, I, you know, when I go out to teach at Christian Heritage, I have a 20-minute drive. And it's, it's 20 minutes of, of prayer time, and it's perfect if you're going to teach Bible, right? It really, good combination. Uh, and it's, 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 for me, it's a regular time of prayer without distraction or interruption. Not a ton of brain work required to drive from here to, to Edwall, right? I got to make that one left turn, and there's always someone coming along right at that moment. Don't see anybody on the highway the whole way until you get right there, and there's three cars in procession driving slow, <laughs> And that's when someone's coming up fast behind you, too. And so my brain, I don't pray. Well, actually, I may pray, Lord, help. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying, prayer time. Uh, the occasion calls for it when you run into a difficulty, a puzzle. Like, like you're on the job and you're working on something. Uh, I talked to uh, 
oh, several months ago, I, I, I forget what, uh, what I was illustrating. I was talking about what an expert I was on my bookshelf, except that I hadn't built my bookshelf. You know, I remember my, my theory was Christianity learned but not practiced. It's not of much value. Well, this summer I did build my bookshelf. I'm kind of pleased with it. It came out pretty nice. But I remember working on it. And you know what? I, am, I do not do this stuff naturally. It strained every brain cell I had to do this. And, and the thing is, is, is I was making it with oak plywood, which is expensive. And, and I, every cut had to be right. I don't know about you. For you, you go, well, yeah, duh. For me, it's like, ah, that's so hard. For me, I, it, it's, and, and I was regularly doing these things that, that I think anybody who does this stuff easily just slaps together. For me, I was praying all the time, dear Lord, help me. I don't want to ruin this cut. <laughs> Dear Lord, this is too much for my brain. I can't, and, and, and I was, it's, it's funny how much a wood project can make you pray. Uh, but, it, but it was, the occasion called for it. Now, that's probably a really bad example. I should be calling up things like praying for somebody to be saved or praying for somebody to be safe or somebody to be healed. And I'm talking about a woodworking project, but it's the one that comes to mind for me that of, of an unusual situation where it just, it just called for prayer. Be all, always, all, pray without ceasing. Always be in prayer. Never stop praying. If, if prayer is a regular part of your life, not that you're praying 24-7, but prayer is a regular part of your life, then I think you are praying without ceasing. I think you fit, fit the description of what's going on. So why am I dealing with this verse first? Because I think praying without ceasing is doable when understood this way. It's doable while the other two are not. <laughs> Rejoice always. Uh, in everything, give thanks. It's like, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me, unless you are praying always. Praying without ceasing puts you in touch with the God of the universe who holds the whole world in his hands, right? Funny, I think we sang that. Uh, he makes the impossible possible. If you're not in prayer, then you, can, then you can just disregard rejoice always and pray without ceasing because you do not have the power in yourself to rejoice always and pray without ceasing. You better be in prayer if you think you're going to do those things because you need God's power. You need God's input if you're going to do them. If you are in prayer, they become possible. They become beneficial, right? They become beneficial for you as well as for other people, and they result in great blessings. So let's, let's look at rejoice and give thanks. I'm not going to separate them. Well, I am a little bit, but, but I'm going to, to, to deal with them together because they're closely related, and they're equally unlikely, to rejoice is to express joy. To give thanks is to give thanks. They're different things. Thankfulness and joy, rejoicing, are two different things, but, but they're still closely related. You, I mean, they're, they're separate. You can do one without the other. You can rejoice without giving thanks, and you can give thanks without rejoicing, but they certainly feed each other. They encourage each other. They, they help each other. They... they, they uh, make the other easier to do. So they're different, but they're related. And, and as instructed here, they're, they're, the important thing you want to grasp is that they are independent of circumstances. Rejoice always means rejoice regardless of the circumstances. It's not rejoice always because your circumstances are always good. It's simply rejoice always. In all things, give thanks uh, means pray, give thanks in all all things, not just the good things, not just the awesome things. It's not because everything is, is worth something that you, are, you feel normally grateful for. It's, it's independent of the circumstances. 
The words always, the words without ceasing, the words in everything, make that absolutely clear. You cannot escape that this is independent of the circumstances. He's not saying because of your circumstances. He's not even saying because God will work the circumstances out. The circumstances, circumstances be hanged, throw them aside. They're not relevant to this. They're independent of that in good times and in bad times. And for most people, this does not make any sense. Right? That's one of those things those Christians talk about. It's some of that religious talk that, that, that they go and they pretend they're doing. It's a part of the religious meaning and their truth is true for them and it doesn't actually mean anything. And, and, and that's not right. Uh, they, they, they can't understand it because they don't have God, because they don't have Jesus Christ. Uh, and they, they, for them, their, their being able to rejoice is limited on their circumstances. Their being able to give thanks is limited to their circumstances. Your circumstances are not enough to do that. Uh, you, you, you get a new car. You get a new car, you feel joy. Look at me. I got a new car. What year's your car? <laughs> Mine's newer than that. It's 2023. I'm driving a 2024. I'm looking at Bethany because she's going to take this really personally. I'm rejoicing. I have a new car. Okay? Some kid who's been driving for about two weeks thinks that because he turned his blinker on, he can magically move into your lane whether you're there or not. <laughs> And he finds out the magic doesn't work when he hits your brand new car that you're driving down the road saying, I'm in a new car. I'm cool. I'm in a new car. Crunch. Ah, my new car. <laughs> okay, where'd the joy go? <laughs> your joy is in your circumstances. Where is your joy? Now, you can ask Bethany about that because she can explain that much more thoroughly. <laughs> but right now she's driving a rental. <laughs> Okay, if, if you are limited, she's smiling, kind of. <laughs> if, your if your joy is limited to your circumstances, there's no joy in that. There's no joy to be had there. It's gone. But if your joy is beyond your circumstances, you can feel joy. Okay, uh, you, 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 you go, you look at your circumstances. You go, man, I, you know, I, it's just natural. When you have good circumstances, you rejoice. It comes out of you. Uh, where does that, how can that happen when there's none? You can say, preacher, you can tell me to always rejoice, but I'm going to rejoice when I have something to rejoice about. And by the way, I'll give thanks when I feel thankful. Don't tell me this stuff. Uh, it doesn't make sense to separate the responses from the things or events that cause them unless there is a cause for thankfulness and gratitude independent of and greater than your circumstances. And then we go, oh, do I have something independent of and greater than my circumstances for which I should be thankful and rejoicing? The answer is, yeah. Yes, I have Jesus Christ. Yes, I have the God of the universe who lets me talk to him and who listens to me and who responds when I pray. Uh, I want to talk about a preposition. I am, I am far... Grammar, G-R-A, let's see, I have to, I, I'm trying to make it a four-letter word. <laughs> the rules of grammar are a, just a mystery to me. You know, I, I, I think I learned shortcuts when they were doing grammar, and I said I got it covered, and I didn't worry about the rules because I learned how to apply them without having to learn all those weird words that throw all this new vocabulary at you. Words like preposition right? 
And, and I'll be honest, you know what I did this week in my office? I pulled out my dictionary and I looked up the word preposition. And first I had to figure out that preposition was the word I needed to look up. So I looked up the word two. Do you know the definition for the word two is three and a half inches in small print? <laughs> T-O, three and a half inches. I had to go four pages backwards and three pages forwards to find another definition is long either direction, right? It's, it's like this little word, and, 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 and at the start it had prep. And I go, okay, prep, prep, preposition. It's a preposition. I'm looking for English teachers here to be disgusted with me. Okay, uh, it's, it's just, it's, and it's a preposition. A preposition is uh, a relation word that connects a noun or pronoun to another element in the same sentence. For instance, I am going to the store. Preposition is two, I'm going to the store. Another preposition, I'm going by the store. I am going from the store. I am going through the store. I am going... On the store. You know what, what? What does it mean to go on the store? It either means you're going and the store is paying your way, like you're going to dinner on the store, <laughs> or you're going up a ladder and climbing up onto the store. It's, it's like prepositions are really important. What's the preposition? In everything, give thanks. It doesn't say for everything, give thanks. Now, I broke my leg, I guess. Dear God, thank you, I broke my leg. I don't know, I've broken my leg before, it hurts. Didn't enjoy it. I don't want to thank God for that. But you know what? I can thank God while it's broken. I can thank God in everything. Uh, it, it's something beyond that. That that word, little word in is a significant in. In everything, give thanks. For everything, give thanks. That's not what it says. Through everything, give thanks. By everything, give thanks. On everything, that doesn't language uh, work in, in, in the English language. In everything, give thanks. Regardless of what else is going on, in everything, give thanks. Not for, not even related to everything. Related to something bigger and better than everything, give thanks. The mistake people most often make is to treat this as if it says for everything. And it doesn't. Entirely different preposition. It's not for everything. It's not because of everything. It's in everything. Because of something bigger and better and more important than that situation. And of course, that something is God. If you have salvation, if you have Jesus Christ as your Savior, you have something that outlasts everything that goes wrong in your life. You have something more important than everything that goes wrong in your life. You have something richer and more rewarding than anything else that goes on in your life. You can give thanks in everything. It's, 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 in all these things, we are more than conquerors, right? We find that in, in Romans chapter 8. We, we will when we get there. It'll take us seven years. But <laughs> in all these things, give thanks. In, and he's doing that in context of all the suffering that they're going through. Why? Because uh, or when he says, in all these things, we're more than conquerors. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. Uh, why? Because we have something bigger and better and more lasting and durable and eternal. And so we have these. We rejoice and we give thanks because God is with us. For, first of all, do we trust him? You know, do you really trust that he's watching out for you? We know, for God causes all things to work together for good for those that love him, to those who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. Right? We, he works all, so do we trust him to do that? 
Now, that is trusting him because you say the circumstances will work out. That's, that's kind of not what I'm saying, but it's part of it. Do you really trust that God is watching out for you? Do you really trust that he cares and knows what is best for you? Here's the great fear that we have, that what he thinks is best for us doesn't agree with what I think is best for me. Because all what I think is best for me, I like that picture. What he thinks is best for me, I might not like that picture as much. <laughs> God may want me to suffer. I don't like that picture. I like the picture that has me. You know, you know what the worst verse in the Bible is? Even Jesus did not come to be served, but to serve. <laughs> because I want to say, I, you know, my role in life is to be served. You know? <laughs> that's, that's what, no, it's, it doesn't work. He, God's plan for me is better than mine, but it may not match mine. And I still, I kind of like mine. Do I trust him that he is taking care of these things? Uh, That's for one thing. Are you in a good relationship with him? And it takes us back to praying without ceasing. If you're not praying without ceasing, you're probably not in a good relationship to him. A a good relationship with a friend who's with you is you talk to the friend who's with you. Shocking. Now, by the way, is it possible to have a comfortable silence with a friend? Uh, I don't think God wants us to just babble so that we can say we're praying. I think he'd rather have us be quiet and stop babbling. And then when we have something to say to him, we can say that again, right? We don't have to fill the silence. Uh, but, but if you're always praying, then you are in a close relationship with him. If you are, and you know what I mean by always. It's not 24-7. It's just a regular habit and attitude of prayer. If you're close to him, you'll find it easy to trust him. I, I'd like to give you a mar- an illustration from a good marriage. I say a good marriage, one where the husband and wife look back together over many years and say, I wouldn't trade any of it. Now, when, when you say any of it, you go, wait a minute. Are you saying there's not parts of your marriage that you wouldn't like to take back? There's not parts of your, you know, in, in this world, you'll have tribulation, especially if you're married. My poor wife can verify. <laughs> She's had a lot of tribulation in this world. I've done pretty well. Uh, every marriage has challenges. Every marriage has hurts. Every marriage has hardships, losses. You know, what do we, what do we, what's the preacher say up there? For better or for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, right? Why? Because all those things happen. You will have better, you will have worse, you will have richer, you will have poor, you will have sickness, you will have health. All those things happen in a marriage. Horrible heartaches happen to people. I'm not saying everybody. Some people's heartaches are worse than others. I'm not going to to say something about that. If you want a marriage without suffering, go read Cinderella, right? And they lived happily ever after, okay? You can read Snow White, and they lived happily ever after. You can read Sleeping Beauty, and they lived happily ever after. (laughs) You don't find it in the Bible. Bible's not a fairy tale. Bible's real. Suffering, pain, sorrow, every marriage includes pain. So why wouldn't they trade any of it? Because it's not the circumstances of the marriage. It's the one you went through your marriage with. And all those hardships and all those pains and all that suffering, you had that person with you. Good marriage it's who they had with them while it happened. Our life, give thanks in everything, give thanks, 
It's who we have with us. It's not that you're not going through troubles. And some of you, some of you, you know, if we were to sit there and we had our little trouble-ometer, right, and, and we're comparing our troubles, some of you are going to top the scale. Some of you, we're going to, some of us are going to walk up and say, oh, I have troubles, and we'll talk about our troubles, and we'll come up this far, and then some next person comes up, and we wish we hadn't shared, right, because our troubles don't compare to the troubles they've had. Uh, that, that's, the troubles are there. But God is with us in our troubles. And because God is with us in our troubles and he is bigger and richer and more everything than our troubles, we can rejoice and give thanks even in our troubles. It's who we have with us when it happens. Rejoice and give thanks in all things because God is with you as you face all things. I mean, do give thanks because you believe he's working it out. Because he is. He promises he is. And, and I like that song that says, if it's not good, he's not done. <laughs> right? It's one of them on the radio. I don't know anything else about the song. Couldn't, can't tell you who sings it. Can't, won't try to you know, do the words for you, uh, sing it for you. But, but if, it's, he's not, if it's not good, he's not done. He's still working on it. He promises he'll, he'll work all. If, if you love him, if you're one of his, he causes all things to work together. By the way, it doesn't say he causes it to happen quickly. But do you trust him? Thank him for your circumstances because they're good. Thank you because, because he, you, you trust his plans. Jeremiah says, I, I know my plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you, uh, yeah, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he, he has his good plans, but mostly... Give thanks just because he's there, because he's, he's God and he's your God. He's Savior and he's your Savior, and you have eternity with him. Have a great Thanksgiving, uh, and, and let Thanksgiving be the story of your life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for how rich and rewarding uh, and, and how wonderful the blessings you give are. Father, I ask you, to help each one of us to have a growing relationship with you, to know you better, to trust you more. We seek your blessing and we thank you in Jesus' name.